This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vole, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the Espionation Network. And hey, got a special little treat for you this week. I uh, wanted to squeeze this in uh, before Saturday. Uh, so we are going to bring on Tom Loy from 24-7 Irish Illustrated uh, to talk a little Notre Dame football recruiting. Something, honestly, we haven't talked about enough uh, on One Foot Down over the past month and a half. There's been enough football going on. And we just kind of, um, I want to say breeze past it, uh, but we just, you know, the focus, <laughs> our focus has not been on that as we've been watching uh, this semi-train wreck of a Notre Dame season roll along and, tr- and trying to analyze and figure that all out. But to get us all caught up and to kind of see where this thing's all headed, I thought, well, let's bring on Tom onto the show, our good buddy Tom, and, uh, and see what's going down. So no more delay. Uh, let's go ahead and let's get to it. And joining me now is Tom Loy, 24-7, Irish Illustrated, at Tom Loy on 24-7 on Twitter. Tom, how's your day going, buddy? It's going good, man. Good, good. Uh, another game week for Notre Dame. And, uh, well, hopefully it goes a little better than it has recently. But uh, personally, doing really well, man. How are you? Oh, just fine. Just It's it's dad life. Hashtag dad life forever over here. Uh, pure Nothing but pure chaos. Um, a couple ER trips, uh, for me, <laughs> surgery talk and all sorts of good stuff. Uh, but somehow I am a walking miracle. Uh, I'm just, I'm so dumb. I get to just keep walking and talking. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's, let's get right into it. Um, got you for some time here. So let's chat, let's chit chat. I think the number one question on my mind and the biggest reason I wanted to bring you on today is, is I really wanted to get a better sense of what you're hearing um, from and mainly 2023 recruits 2024 though could be um, could be involved in this quite a bit though as well especially with our committed recruits uh, what are you hearing regarding how everyone's feeling about this three and three start kind of a look I don't think it, there was a lot of people out there that didn't think Notre Dame was going to be as good as what someone like me thought that we could be this year but I don't really think anyone saw this coming <laughs> certainly not Marshall game and probably not Stanford at home either. Um, it, it's been disappointing to say the least. How are the recruits t- taking this? Uh, what are they hearing? Um, is there more uh, more wavering going on than what we know about? Uh, what do you got for us? Um, so I, I would say surprisingly, everybody's pretty rock solid in terms of the, the feedback. And um, a lot of these guys they understand that they have no impact on the game right now. So like, you know, Jeremiah love, for example, you know, he commits last Saturday, goes to the game, they lose. I mean, if I'm him, I'm sitting in there saying, Oh, I could have done this a little differently, or I could have made an impact here. You know, same with like Christian gray, like, Oh, maybe I would have, 
I would have made that late third down throw, you know, that stop that Benjamin Morrison, you know, maybe couldn't have. And maybe I could have jumped in there and made a play there. It's just things like that. These guys, for the most part, when I'm talking to these guys more, really more off the record, I'm not going to reach out to them every single week and ask. So what do you guys right, think? Right. It's, it's overwhelming for them. But um, the majority of them are, are looking at as, OK, it's an opportunity. Let's get this thing right. Let's fix this. I could come in and make an impact. Um, you know, five-star 2024 receiver Ryan Wingo said that. He said, I asked him flat out, like, I was like, does this season, the start, the first six games, games, does that change anything for you? You've always been high on Notre Dame. You've been high on Marcus Freeman since day one. And he's like, no, like, it doesn't impact my decision at all and of, of why I'm high on Notre Dame. And, and uh, if anything, I look at it as an opportunity to come in and play early and make an impact. And I know that they lack receivers and lack depth chart. Um, and I mean, he's, he's looking at it the right, the right way. And he also knows that like, he, he's honestly more, um, I felt like he took a better approach than some of the fans, um, which probably doesn't surprise you too much, but he, he took a very better approach than me. Sure. Sure. Approach. (laughs) And he was just like, look, like these guys are going to take their lumps and he's a first year head coach and not everybody's perfect. Everything's not going to work out right away. So all in all, I, I think that there's a couple guys that you're watching, you know, Peyton Bowen, obviously we've talked about him forever, the five-star safety. We don't know what he's going to do necessarily. He's coming back on November 5th. Everything's booked for that trip. So he'd literally have to cancel plans um, and go through that trouble if he doesn't want to come back for the Clemson game. So he'll be back on campus. That'll be a huge, um, especially if they can pull off a, a win and really lay out the red carpet again for him because you're re-recruiting all these guys after you lose right. three games. I mean, you're, you're doing all that, but he's probably one I'm watching. I know everybody's a lot of schools are coming after Charles Jagasaw, but I feel good about him sticking. Um, you know, Jeremiah love the fact of the matter is he's going to be a guy you need to recruit to the end. Cause I know a and M is going to do the same. So keep an eye on, on him just kind of moving forward. Um, another one is probably Dylan Edwards. I think he's a guy that there's a lot of schools coming after him. Um, some that haven't even offered yet. There's, you know, like I, I know Georgia's recruiting him, for example, Kansas state's still trying to get him back in the fold. There's a lot of schools pushing for that kid because in my opinion, and, and he's really is one of the best, best backs in the country. And he's a guy you just so can't explosive. Lose. Yeah. If you're trying to take that next step offensively, he's a guy you can't lose. So he's another one. Alabama's obviously pushing for Cooper Flanagan, but, um, Ohio state's, you know, now pushing for Adon Schuler, but, you know, from everybody, everything I've told multiple people around him have said that that's not anything to worry about. And they were a little late and he still believes in the direction of Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame. So all in all, it's a really good class and it's a good sign when a lot of schools are coming after your guys. But I think all in all, a lot of these guys will end up sticking with Notre Dame because they get it. They, they understand nothing's really changed about Notre Dame and, and um, you know, they really don't have an impact on the game right now. And, and they will in the next couple of years. I mean, is this something that, that you know, these late pushes, uh, you know, from other schools, I mean, it, we all know about negative recruiting and look, everybody does it, even Notre Dame to an extent, everybody, you have to do it because you have to, a comparison is a negative way to recruit and it happens everywhere. But I mean, is the heat really getting turned up and are, are you, are you hearing some pretty outrageous things? Like, is, is anybody, you know, you don't have to call out the recruit, but um, what's, what's some of the more outrageous uh, negative recruiting taxes tactics from other schools towards Notre Dame right now? Oh, I mean, it's not even about what you hear, but you can just simply make up what, what you know is 
schools are going to be saying. I mean, there's there's schools that are absolutely saying like Marcus Freeman is in over his head. He's not the right man for the job. He's going to be fired. All this kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's he's just a recruiter. He's not a coach. I mean, they're going to say anything to negatively recruit. It's just it's it's a way schools go about it. But the right kid sees through that, in my opinion. Like if somebody came at me and I was committed to Notre Dame and I was, you know, set to go play for Marcus Freeman and that staff, and somebody told him told me like he's going to get fired. He's in over his head. What are you thinking? You know, Notre Dame can't win a championship, and um, the academics are too hard. Like I would look at that as like a challenge and and be more like frustrated. That was the thing that people would always say: academics are too hard at Notre Dame. Like that's kind of in a back way belittling the kid and taking a shot at the fact that he maybe he can't handle it. So I don't understand negative recruiting. Um, I get negative recruiting. I really don't even like the term because recruiting is recruiting the negative stuff, the positive stuff. It's all under the same umbrella, but I just feel like taking a shot at a kid's commitment or the school he's set to play for or the coaching staff. I just find it weird um, I think it's a tactic that's not going to sit well with the right kid. And usually, you know, you get the, 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 the right kids that are picking Notre Dame for the right reasons. I just, I don't think negative recruiting is going to work too well when it comes to the situation. Now, if they just sit back and realize, all right, look, I don't know if I'm going to get developed under this specific, specific position coach. I'm going to look elsewhere because this place is, you know, churning. I mean, it was kind of like when, when people were talking about Dell Alexander, uh, comparing him to Brian Hartline, you had guys like this guy's going to have a couple first round picks. This guy's not, you know, Carnell Tate. Maybe I want to go to go to Ohio State because, you know, he's going to mold me into a first or second round pick. I mean, that's cut and dry. And that's literally the facts of the situation. One guy's turning out guys at a high level. The other one's not. But taking a shot at a school, a program, trying to negative recruit that way. It's kind of crazy. It happens. But, man, I just I don't think it's going to work with the kids that are picking schools for the right reasons. Before, uh, yeah, it was about, you know, in the summer, um, maybe it was in the spring. Well, we started hearing uh, more and more about um, uh, not not Notre, not Notre Dame's uh, per se NIL stuff, but the the uh, the NIL deal with uh, uh, going on with like Brady Quinn and, and you know, and all that. That was kind of like a big deal. Everyone wrote a story about it. It all seemed it was all pretty loud and proud. Haven't really heard much of a peep about it since uh, from anyone anywhere. What do you know about that? Is that a thing still? Is that <laughs> is that something that's moving more in the shadows? Uh, what, what can you tell us about about that particular uh, um, NIL collective slash charity slash whatever it is? Um, not much to be completely honest. They've kept a lot of that NIL stuff, especially around Notre Dame, very quiet. Um, so it's been kind of, I don't know, kind of odd, but I mean, I kind of get it at the same time. So I don't think they want to draw too much attention and, and Notre Dame's not going to use NIL as a recruiting pitch. Um, it's not what Marcus Freeman wants to do. And I really don't think it's what Jack Swarbrick wants to do either. And no, for sure. But don't, but I mean, just for the, from outside looking in, like, they don't want to use it as a, as a recruiting pitch, but doesn't it seem like yet yeah, still want to at least put it out there to make sure it's not something that someone's like, well, they don't have like just random person is like, there's nothing going on there in, in South Bend, but there is, it just doesn't get talked about enough. Like, like our boy, Kyle Hamilton and Rohrbach, like that was just, wasn't something that was as widely known maybe as it should be. That's right. Fair. 
Yeah, no, I get, I get that side of things. And I definitely think that they're doing a better job of talking about that when kids are on campus. Um, I, I do know that the, you know, the term NIL gets brought up when, when dealing with guys, when they're on official visits or unofficial visits and they say what we can do for you when you're here. Um, and we're going to do things the right way. And we're going to, you know, we've had, you know, like you said, Kyle Hamilton's get this, Michael Mayer gets that, this and that the offensive lineman eats free and whatever they want from mission barbecue, all that kind of stuff. Like they're going to have those opportunities and they're going to lay those out. What, what Notre Dame can do for you. But at the same time, like the difference between that and other schools talking about big money, you know, beforehand and you could get this and the there's chatter about pay for play and things that have happened, you know, kind of quietly behind the scenes for years. I just I don't think Notre Dame is going to get too involved in that sense, even when kids are on campus. And it's just not what they're about, which right or wrong. I mean, everybody's got their own opinion on it. But if a kid, in my opinion, and I do believe that this this strongly is going to take place, if a kid comes to Notre Dame, he's a national kid, national name, and he's, you know, potentially a Heisman candidate and becomes, you know, Bryce Young of college football, he is going to get his, no question about it. They are not going to push a kid to avoid any big deals, get any opportunities for money. They, Notre Dame's not going to, you know, get in the way of that by any stretch. So that's a plus. So really, the Notre Dame brand, if you're the best player on a Notre Dame brand, a Notre Dame football team that's playing at a high level and you're one of the top teams in the country and you're one of those kids that just people gravitate towards and you're a national name and a future first-round pick, that person is going to get the B. John Robinson um, type of deals, The maybe not Lamborghini, but get those type of deals that are big money. So – it's it's going to happen no matter where you go, but I mean, I don't necessarily think there's been too many guys that have come through Notre Dame over the last couple of years that have necessarily been deserving of that. When we're talking about like a true Heisman candidate, first round pick, things like that. Um, again, it probably kind of goes back to like what we're talking about like quarterback recruiting and like if they could get that guy that comes in, C.J. Carr, for example, if he's everything that we think he is in a couple of years, he is going to get that type of national treatment. It's just going to happen. So I don't think they're using it as necessarily a recruiting pitch, and they're not going to use it as like this is why you should pick Notre Dame. But if you do pick Notre Dame, that brand is is second to none, and you will be very well taken care of. Okay, uh, I'm glad you brought up CJ Carr because we we kind of brought him up a little bit last night um, on the OFT podcast. Uh, Brendan lives, you know, right out, you know, right by Selene up around up in Ann Arbor. Um, there's there there's a lot of talk up around the area. You know he's having a he's he's struggling this year. He's not having a really really great season. Uh, fumbles, uh, interceptions have been a problem, um, and low scoring. I mean, lost the game seven to nothing. He ended up taking a tumble in, so, in some recruiting rankings. And you, you said he, as good as we think he is. Well, how good do we really think he is right now? And you know, with him falling out of that kind of like elite five star status for the twenty twenty four class, should he stay? And I think. More people are are leaning towards he's go, he's going to stay for a senior year in high school. It, is there a is there a real path back for him to be considered one of the elites of that class? Yes, um, no question in my opinion. I don't. I think anybody who's looking at and his stats, I don't have them in front of me. I posted them at Irish Illustrated. Um, I think last week, and um, they were fine. I don't. People were having a meltdown over these stats because he didn't have a touchdown in a week or two, and. 
it's, you know, when he's playing some competitive games, I mean, the team he just played, Dexter, they have a really good running back in Cole Cabana, who is headed to play for Michigan, who's, if in any other year, I'd be more disappointed that Notre Dame didn't make a run at him because I think he's a tremendous player and I think he's going to do great things at Michigan, but obviously Notre Dame, you know, recruited running back this cycle at a very high level. So, but, but no, I, I don't, I think people are having a little bit of a meltdown, a little bit of freak out over some numbers, but they're not, they're not seeing the big picture and they're not paying attention to what I wrote before the season. When I said, this is a young team, it's a young offense. The offensive line is very young. Um, I think they're primarily sophomores. And this is what I was told from everybody at Celine was that he's going to have to get the ball out quickly. He's not going to have a lot of time. His numbers may not look as good as they they were last year or as some people expect from a five-star quarterback. And it's kind of all coming to fruition. I mean, I don't think that he was he's necessarily thrilled to have, I think, two losses this season, um, two close losses, but both I think both by seven points. And, um, you know, they're looking to bounce back from that this week. But I think people are looking at this and not paying attention to what CJ, the CJ car you're going to get at the collegiate level compared to the CJ car when he's surrounded by players that aren't on the same level. Um, the offense being right. run is, is get the ball out of your hands as quick as possible. He can't sit in the pocket for five seconds and, you know, rip the ball downfield to a receiver. He's got some talented receivers, no question, but. It's just not the way the offense is built right now because of the fact they don't have a lot of time. They don't have a lot of protection up front. And like I said, they have a young offensive line. So anybody who wants to take this and, and have a meltdown, and um, I saw some people were considering them like a three-star now, not literally on the on their rankings, but just the chatter. It just blows my mind. I have no concerns about C.J. Carr. Um, I don't think he's the number one quarterback in the 24 class. The guy I would probably take is Dylan Rayola, but C.J.'s right there. Right there with like Julian Sand as the, in my opinion, as the second or third quarterback in the class. Um, I do believe he's a five star in the twenty four class. I'd probably just have him outside of that in twenty three. I don't know. It's not something that I try to get. I try to calm the masses down because they are having a meltdown over this, as if he's he's supposed to be setting the world world on fire and he's just supposed to have fifty touchdowns. And oh my god, he had a he threw an interception. Oh, this is the worst thing ever. He dropped the ball. He fumbled it. Like I cannot like stress this enough you will see a completely different kid when he arrives at notre dame and he's surrounded by guys like first of all the offensive line and you have guys like dylan edwards around him braylon james rico flores Jaden greathouse all these guys all these talented players i promise you don't stress cj Carr. he is literally the last guy that you need to be worried about when it comes to 23 or 24 recruiting he's going to be fine um i think people just need to calm down and, and let it play out it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Uh, I'm going to stay on 2024 for a minute. Uh, Brandon Davis Swain, uh, I really, you know, committed to Notre Dame. Uh, what, what was that back in? God, April. Yeah. Back in April, I uh, got a little bit under the radar at that point. And it's, you know, it's a 2024 kid. Unless you're Tom Loy, uh, you know, maybe, maybe kind of 
he didn't understand what was happening there. Uh, but really talented defensive end at uh, West Bloomfield in Michigan. Um, been taking some trips to to Ann Arbor, and I don't I don't see that like publicly as much, but there are some stories. Um, how how real is his interest in Michigan right now? And is there is there a big danger of a flip? Um, I mean, obviously with a year and a half, well, not a year and a half, but still over a year to go before he can actually even sign uh, with a school. You know, how, how tedious is that? Or, you know, how close are we to that? I mean, he's, he's been at Michigan a couple times. He's going to Penn state this weekend. Um, so again, I mean, this is a kid who's taking trips, getting around, uh, I believe he's supposed to be at Notre Dame for the Clemson game. That'll be obviously important to get him on campus. I think there's always something to worry about when you get a commitment from a kid that basically basically just committed on the spot out of nowhere. Uh, surprised me, surprised the staff. Right. They were they were thrilled about it. They were excited about it, no question. But I wouldn't say that they went into the visit like, of all the people that are visiting this weekend, is he going to be one of them? <laughs> and he surprised a lot of people. So I think that whenever that happens, you got to think like, okay, is this going to wear off? I'm not saying it has because when you talk to people at Notre Dame, they're like, oh, yeah, everything's fine, and we still feel good about him, this and that. Well, he's taking trips elsewhere. and But he's also taking trips with people. Like I think he went up with a Michigan commit the last two times he went up there. And he just – you know, he's taking these trips with people that are that are allowing him to accompany him with them. So it's not like he's just going out of his way, going by himself – taking all these visits around everywhere. He's just trying to enjoy some fun college football games on the weekend. But um, I would probably say it's like 50-50 really whether he's going to end up at Notre Dame or not right now. Um, He's a soft commit for sure because of the fact that he's taking these trips. But behind closed doors, Notre Dame actually feels pretty optimistic that he'll stick. But uh, it's a long way to go. And, and, um, you know, I don't think anybody needs to get too worked up right now about 2024 recruiting at a position where they've, they've done well at, they're going to continue to do well at. And you know what I mean? It's, it's not like we're talking about CJ Carr taking all these trips elsewhere and that's the backbone of your class and then your lead recruiter. Um, this is a very good player. It's a guy that they do not want to lose. But again, I think at this point to get too worked up about it, I mean, in his, in his junior season when it's October 20th, you know, if this was October 20th of next year, People have every right to have a meltdown, but at this right. point, let him take the visits, let him make sure what he wants to do and take, get these trips out of the way, maybe come back to Notre Dame on November 5th. And maybe that gives him an opportunity to compare everything, com, you know, compare, contrast everything. And it might even help him make a decision easier. And maybe he's like, you know what? I took these trips. I enjoyed them, but man, Notre Dame's like home for me. Or he says, you know what? I'm just not feeling it the way I was. Then let him, let him flip early. You know what I mean? Like get, get that flip out of the way early. So you don't even have to worry about it and you can focus on other guys later. Did you just give everybody permission to melt down about Peyton Bowen's visits, Tom? I feel they have every right to be melting down. (laughs) They have every right to be melting down about that, but you know what? He's coming back on November 5th and um, we'll see what happens at that point. Now there, there was some, some dust in the air about, uh, about Jackson, Jackson Arnold, possibly accompanying Bowen for that, for that game. Is that still something that's in the works or is that a, just a kind of like a dead on arrival? They're trying, they are doing all they can. Um, they are doing everything they can to get that kid on campus. And, um, I'm not sure there's a better quarterback in the 23 class than Jackson Arnold. I said that when he was a three-star, I, th- I was like, I even think I tweeted it and posted it. Like 
this kid might be the best quarterback in America. He's a tremendous talent. Notre Dame did a good job of getting on him early, but um, we'll see, man. I, I I don't know. My my gut says he doesn't take the trip because I feel like he's going to be pretty locked in with Oklahoma and he feels good about that decision and playing for playing for those guys. He's got a great relationship with Jeff Lebby and he knows they're going to throw the throw the crap out of the football at Oklahoma. Um, you know, and that's tough. Like so so like some of that smoke comes out and he has a really good conversation with Marcus Freeman and then Notre Dame puts up 14 points and they lose to Stanford while he's right. right. <laughs> while he's watching Oklahoma go for 700 yards and 400 yards passing. So I don't know. Well, they did get shut out by Texas. <laughs> right, right. No question. Uh, that was big, but it just – the timing of everything isn't great. Uh, but I can tell you right now, man, if that kid steps foot on Notre Dame's campus, like, look out because that would be massive. What I mean, it, so I know you've been keeping very close eye on Notre Dame's 2023 quarterback options. Kind of update us right now about, you know, kind of where things stand, um, you know, it, you know, with – who Notre Dame's uh, potentially could be looking looking at besides Jackson Arnold uh, to maybe try to tie into this class or you know still before signing day. I mean, if I could play some cricket sounds right now, I would. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's quiet, man. It's it's quiet. I know that they talked. So to, they talked to CJ about reclassifying again this this weekend when he was up there. Um, okay. That's not that's not completely dead yet. I mean, I, okay. I do confidently think he's leaning towards sticking in 24. I think that really is his preference. Um, but part of him's kind of torn because he wants to, you know, he knows he's comfortable and he's physically ready and all that kind of stuff to be on campus early. Um, and if he wanted to reclassify, he'd be very comfortable with it. But um, I do kind of get both sides, but I would prefer that he was actually in high school for one more year because he's going to throw the ball a ton more and get those reps. And you can't really – um, you can't Matt, you know, get that practice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, getting that, getting those reps are going to be key for him. So throw 300 more balls as a senior and then come in as an early enrollee and go from there. But so that's obviously still a possibility. Jackson Arnold's the guy that they would love to get on campus. Um, to my knowledge, um, I haven't really sent a text or reached out to anybody, um, at Notre Dame or even Chris Vizina to see if there's been any dialogue or even if they've kicked the tires there, but he seems really set on Clemson. It would be a surprise for him to flip right. the state in the game. Um, and I don't know of any dialogue with him and with Notre Dame and Dante Moore, but, um, Jackson Arnold seems to be the top priority. And the fact that Marcus Freeman was out there, watched him, Peyton Bowen and those guys at Geyer, and then communicated with him just last week. So he's probably the guy to know in terms of like the top guy. Um, I don't know if there's a ton of smoke around Avery Johnson still with Kansas State, and uh, so right. I mean, obviously they we talked about Luke Duncan. Things are pretty quiet. They are, and we talked about Luke Duncan before, and we you know they were all set to host him, and then kind of that stopped quickly, um, and he locked in with right. UCLA. But was which was weird about UCLA was then they turned around and they offered Pierce Clarks in the Louisville commit from St. John Bosco. So there's just a lot of weird moving parts right now. I still expect Notre Dame to land a 23 quarterback. I just don't know who it is right now. Um, so we'll just kind of have to wait and see a little bit longer. I mean, let, just let's be honest, like the whole Dante Moore situation absolutely screwed Notre Dame. And, the, and and that's not to say that this wasn't part of their fault. I mean, that they made Dante Moore the the priority when Vizina, Arnold, they, they could have gone in. They could have gone in multiple different directions. They made Dante Moore their number one priority and that that didn't work out at all and you know backfired in so many different ways. But it really screwed them in this cycle and a, and a cycle that they really needed to hit on with a lot of talent in this cycle. 
it's tough, man. And, and, and I know everybody wants to point the finger and blame because that's what fans do. And they want to blame Notre Dame. And they want to blame Tommy Reese and Marcus Freeman. I honestly, and I saw so many things that most people don't get to see. I saw receipts. I saw screenshots. I saw text messages. I saw everything. And I'm telling you, I would have handled it the exact same way. And I would have taken the loss myself. Um, it is what it is. They, I feel I feel that they handled it the right way in terms of accepting the silent commitment from Dante Moore and kind of moving on from Chris Vizina. Jackson Arnold, they had a great shot with, and he was leaning there at one point. But as soon as Jeff Levy got there to Oklahoma, I mean, that kind of you know wrapped that one up. So really, this came down to Vizina or Dante Moore. And yes, if they would have prioritized Vizina, I feel very confident in saying that they would have gotten him. And he wouldn't have, you know, I don't see him as a guy who would have backed out and changed his mind, this and that. But everything that they did, man, I really do believe that wholeheartedly they handled the Dante Moore recruitment well. Um, it just backfired. It just, it, he changed his mind and other people and things got involved and it, it, and it changed things. But, um, you know, and it sucks because that, that really crushed those guys for the 23 class because he should be the headliner of this group. But, you know, oh, well, is, or, or Keon Keeley, too. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a whole other situation. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll stand by that, though. They, they really did handle the Dante Moore situation well. But it's easier for people to say, well, no, they didn't because he's not in the class. But that's not how recruiting works, man. You know it. You've been around the block. But, um, yeah, no, it's just is what it is, man. Re- recruiting in this day and age. Um, and then you got NIL as another factor with all these kids, man. It may. I don't envy college coaches right now, man. It's a tough job. Right, right. All right, we're going to get you out of here real soon, but I do want to ask you one last question. Give me give me two recruit, give me two uncommitted recruits right now for the 2023 class that Notre Dame fans need to keep an eye on or guys that uh that that your that you have your eye on for Notre Dame to end up uh getting. Um I mean, there's a couple still on the board. I definitely like them to land Tayshawn Lyons. And I who's your favorite? Yeah, who's your favorite two? Who's your favorite two? My favorite two, like in terms of that, I think are most likely to end up their name, or just two guys that I really like in general. No, your favorite two possible. Your favorite two real possibilities. Okay, Tayshawn Lyons. I feel good about that. I know Washington and Miami are trying to make a run at him. Um, I would expect him to commit in November, early November. And, um, I'm probably watching, watching, yeah, early to mid November, but, but I like Notre Dame there. My crystal ball is on them. I expect him to be, um, a receiver in this class. And, and like I said, I feel, I feel confident that that one can get wrapped up in the next couple of weeks, but they are holding off Miami and Washington or working hard to get them back on campus. The other one, I, I'm not going to lie. I felt a little bit better about it, uh, before the Stanford game, but Brandon Hillman, um, a guy that I project more on the defensive side of the ball at safety, but he's the kid out of Virginia that they they offered last month, and he uh, he's a four star in my opinion. He's still a three star on twenty four seven Sports and the composite. But I just love this kid as an athlete. He can play literally anywhere on the field, outside of the the trenches. Really, quarterback, receiver, running back, safety. Like I said, I like him on defense. But I do believe uh, Notre Dame leads right now, but they're holding off what Kentucky. North Carolina, Oklahoma was a recent offer, um, but he's going to take the visit to check out the Wildcats and um, Notre Dame's going to try to you know, hold off there. But one more to throw in there, Christopher Tarek, he's the top rated Wisconsin commit. He was just on campus this past weekend, went to the same high school 
as Chris Watt, and um, Notre Dame loves him at guard. They would love to land him and add him to the offensive line. I know they're still looking for a tackle as well, but um, he was just on campus, and um, I'm not saying it's a lock to flip by any stretch because he really, really likes Wisconsin. Even the fact that Paul Chris is no longer there, I mean, that's how much he likes that program. That said, I do believe this is a kid that Notre Dame can flip, um, but I just haven't got enough information yet to put the crystal ball pick in like I have for uh, uh, Hillman and Lions. So those are the three I'd keep an eye on. Okay, great. Well, all right, Tyler. Look, I have a ton more questions, but I am going to uh, I'm going to drag your your ass back on this podcast here in another month or so because uh, I have all sorts of transfer portal stuff I want to talk about with you um, and get your insight on, on some things. But we'll do that another time. At the, that's called a very blunt tweeze, uh, tease in this business. Um, so we'll bring you back again to, to talk about all that because I think um, I think this this uh, this upcoming offseason for Notre Dame's uh, the transfer portal is going to be vital. Uh, but we'll get that another time. Uh, anything else you you want to share uh, share with anybody out there while we're on? That's it, man. Just keep uh, keep popping over to uh, irishillustrator.com. We'll have a ton of coverage and some big recruiting weekends coming up with with Clemson, and and uh, we'll see what happens there. And obviously, early signing day in uh, in December, so it should be an interesting uh, but fun next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think this is going to be a pretty loud early signing day. Thank you. I get your get your coffee intake now, Thomas. All right. Wait, man. Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much again for joining us uh, on the One Foot Down podcast. And uh, just a reminder, everybody, get on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave that rating. Leave a review. Uh, thanks again, Tom. Thanks, Josh. See you, buddy. All righty. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. Uh, in just a few moments, uh, we got the, the Thursday presser going on at Notre Dame. So busy, busy stuff. Um, but we are going to be focusing a lot more on recruiting uh, here on our site, uh, One Foot Down, uh, moving forward. Uh, again, go check out, uh, you know, go follow Tom Loy over on uh, on Twitter at TomLoy247 uh, and definitely over at uh, Irish Illustrated. Uh, it does a, a fantastic job um, and appreciate all the work that he puts in and his time uh, spent with us today. So uh, let's get at it and uh, let's go get a big W this week against UNLV. Let's go get a big win. Uh, thanks for listening. Oh, <laughs> one more thing. Reminder, get over to Apple podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review, any review that you leave. We will read on the next OFD podcast. All these reviews have questions and comments and thoughts. It all becomes a part of the show. All becomes a part of the, the, uh, just the, the, the just how we live, uh, how we, how we celebrate, how we cheer, uh, how we view Notre Dame football. You guys, this is your chance to become a part of that uh, that conversation with us, uh, and we really enjoy it. So, go ahead and do that. Uh, and that's it, man. So let's let's uh, pitter patter. Let's get at her. Thanks for listening, and as always, go Irish.